now on this Invest Talk podcast. Hi, thank you guys for your show. I really enjoy it. I had a quick question about uh, stock CCIV, Churchill Capital IV Corp. Steve Peasley responds to your questions. It is just a story. It's a blank check company, meaning it's a company set up and went public, but they had no products. Invest Talk. Over 29 million downloads and counting. Hey, Steve, this is Mike from Lake Charles, Louisiana. I had a question about day trading. If I buy a stock and it goes up, can I sell it that day? Yes, you can. But you also have to think about taxes. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by... KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Thursday, February 18th, 2021. And on today's program and podcast, I will operate at the same philosophy as we always do, and that is independent thinking and shared success so that our market reporting, our analysts of stocks and commentary on education and economic conditions all will be presented without bias and without prejudice of any kind. And sometimes that's hard to do, you know, because I might think something, I think this means this, and that might be my own personal bias or prejudice. So it's hard to be just strictly factual. It is difficult. So I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, we encourage you to contact us with your financial investment questions, anything financial, and you because you get to shape the show. You get to drive it wherever you want to go. It's up to you. So, you know, in fact, you can call and interact with us right now. We're live, 888-99-CHART. We're live every day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. Or you can call our anytime listener line number. It's 888-99-CHART. We call it the voice bank, and the numbers never change. It's always the same. So let's get right to our first listener question right now. Hey there. I'm curious to get your thoughts on GameStop, ticker GME. They've had a big decline over the last few years, and I think everyone's expecting them to go bankrupt trying to compete with online retail. But it looks like there are some activist investors, including the co-founder of Chewy, that think they can pull off a pivot and turn the company around. You know, they had about a million, excuse me, a billion in revenue last quarter, but the market cap's only $2.7 billion. I put in at $17 a share. I plan to hold. It's run up a lot since then. I think people are expecting a short squeeze. But I'm curious to know what y'all think about potentially holding this next couple of years. Thank you so much. Appreciate everything y'all do. I would not hold on to it. I would sell it. Uh, why? GameStop. Because they're not going to make any money this year. They're not going to make any money next year. This year, they're going to lose $2.17 a share. Next year, $0.17 cents a share. Sales are dropping between 25 and 35% every quarter. So it's all about, can it turn itself around? Well, it's going to have to change its whole business model. It's GameStop. Symbol GME, everybody. Operates 5,500 GameStop uh uh, EB Games, Micromedia, Think Inc. stores worldwide. It's the stores. What are they going to put in the stores to sell? What? Because everything's going online. Everything is downloaded online. What are they going to sell? Trinkets? See, this is why I don't like it. Their business model stinks at this point. So now it's all a big guess. I think the chances of going bankrupt are a lot higher than it's surviving. 
So therefore, I wouldn't be around it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be involved. Now, while we well, it is February, everybody. We're really past the middle of February now. So, and you know, I've signed up for uh, signed up for my COVID vaccine, that, and I haven't been given a date yet. So I don't know when that's coming. So I don't know when it's coming for everybody else either. But it is coming. So what strategies should you think about in a recovering economy? Should you, you know, we know there's going to be volatility. You know there's uncertainty, there always is. But what strategies should you be involved in? Maybe you should think about that. 888-99-CHART is the number. For today's trivia question, I will test your knowledge on stock market history. For example, do you know the first beverage company listed on the New York Stock Exchange? Do you? Well, I'm, that's the kind of question I'm going to ask this time for the trivia question. How did the market do today? Well, the Dow was down 120, the NASDAQ down 100, and the SP down 17. So it was a down, broadly down day. And why? Well, because the unemployment claims, the unemployment claims numbers was much higher than expected. Expected to be in the 770, 770,000, which is a bad number, by the way. And it was 800 and something thousand. So it, that really got the market off to a bad start. Did not like that number. Did not like that. And that kind of what drove the market today. Remember, there's nothing else. The earnings season's kind of past us now. Now, what are we looking forward to? Well, the market's probably looking forward to the next stimulus package. When's that going to happen? That may not happen until March. So, we'll see. We'll see. And next earnings season, you know, that's three months away. So, okay, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And with all the changes we see happening, it is important to remember that during times of market uncertainty, the, la- the task, the task of building our yours and my financial future, financial freedom, always will continue, always be the same. So your goal of financial freedom will require information, effective strategies, and that's what we're here for. So let's talk about it. Give me a call. Your participation is really important here. 888-99-CHART. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast, the February Rapid Fire Hour. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART. Let's talk to Emilios in San Francisco. How you doing, Emilios? How are you, sir? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Good, good, good. Absolutely. I was looking at Dominion Energy. Uh Uh-huh. You want to buy it? Yeah, I was going to buy and hold it for the long run. Okay. uh, 20 years. Okay. Dominion Energy engaged in power generation, electric service in the northeast and mid-Atlantic states. It's big. It's a $59 billion company. Pays a very nice dividend, 3.5%. And really, that's why you buy utility. You really buy it for the dividend, uh, not for growth. Now, Dominion has been growing, not growing in the last you know eight quarters, so it's it's, it's sporadic, but they consistently make money. They're going to make three dollars and eighty eight cents this year, four dollars and twelve cents next year. It's a seventy two dollars stock. 
So that tells you the P.E. ratio. The P.E. range is 13 to 24. What is what, a 17 P.E. or so, somewhere in that range right now. So it's kind of um, kind of in the middle, maybe to a lower middle of its range. So, yeah, I, utilities generally do poorly in a, in a strengthening economic uh, environment. So... You might want to, you know, I think I think it would be a good stock to own, but I think you, it does look like there's support right around $70. Uh, be, in the crash, it went all the way down to $58 or so. So I, I, this could be a good spot. I might give it a little more time sideways to see if it starts to tail up, but it might be a good spot to pick it up. Thanks, Emilios. Thanks for the call. <clears throat> Let's go to Torin in Oakland. How you doing, Torin? Hi. Are you there? Yeah, hi. I was wondering on GT Goodyear Rubber. I have a little bit of it, just seeing what you think it's going to do. Uh, DT, D, dog, D, dog and Tom, is that what it is? GT Goodyear Rubber. Oh, Goodyear. Okay. Okay. That's Goodyear. Okay, uh, of course, they make tires, you know, rubber-related chemicals and transportation industrial markets, right? That's what they make. Um, it's a $3.1 billion company. Uh, earnings are going to be $0.85 cents this year, $1.57 next year. They lost $1.91 last year. The sales are still falling, but they're falling less. Um, so it's not a really strong company. They don't pay a dividend. Uh, and a dollar fifty-seven with a thirteen-dollar stock means that you know the PE is pretty low, about nine. But don't think that that's super low for for Goodyear Tire because they've always had a low PE pretty much all the time. So don't think. I mean, the highest it's ever been when uh, is in the last ten years is about thirty-seven or so. Okay, and that was the year they made three dollars eleven cents. This next year they're going to make a dollar fifty-seven. So it has room to go on the upside because it's underpriced, but don't expect it to grow. Just expect it to get to be a fairly priced stock, and that should be around twenty twenty-five dollars, in my opinion. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Torin. My focus point today concerns the story: household debt rises to fourteen point six trillion dollars. $14.6 trillion in debt held by households across the United States. Is that a lot? Do we worry about that? What is, the, what is it made up of? That's what we're going to talk about that today. Um, other topics, if we can get to it. Housing starts, housing uh, building permits. I want to talk about that. Retail sales, I mentioned that before. I want to see if we can maybe touch, it, touch, touch that subject again. Uh, could Bitcoin go to $100,000 a, a coin, or could it go to zero? Could it do both? Hmm. And tech, tech analysis, if you look at the technical analysis of Apple, where do you think it is on a technical basis? In other words, looking at a chart. Is it finding support? Is it breaking down? What are those things? So if we can get to those things, that's what I want to talk about briefly. If we can't, your calls always come first, as you know. So let's keep moving forward. We've got a lot of voice bank questions on the, in our burner back there. So 888-99-CHART. Hi. Thank you guys for your show. I really enjoy it. I had a quick question about uh, stock CC 
IV, Churchill Capital IV Corp. Just want to know what you guys thought. Uh, thank you very much, and have a great day. Okay, we've talked about this one, and we talked about blank check companies again uh, in the past. It is just a story. It's a blank check company, meaning it's a company set up and public and went public, but they have no products. They don't have anything. They have a story. This is what they want to do. You know, what do they want to do? Oh, we're gonna we're gonna merge with one or more targeted businesses. What does that mean? So no, you don't buy these stocks. They have no business. This and they're popular. They're becoming more popular. To me, it's like insane. This is like the tech bubble with no reason for it to go up. I mean, this stock is $58 a share. Has no sales, no earnings, has a story. Why? Why is it $58? It's gone up. And that's why you are looking at it, isn't it? Because you saw it go up and say, well, gee, I want to be in that one because it's going up. The day you decide to buy it, the day it's going to crash. Do not buy these blank check companies. Do not. They have no earnings. Matter of fact, don't buy any company that doesn't have earnings. Why would you? Think of it. You're going to buy a company with your hard-earned dollars that makes no money. So you can put money in it, and it's just going to burn your money because it doesn't make any money. This one doesn't even have sales, let alone earnings. you got to have sales before you can develop earnings. And so, don't, don't, I, I just don't like these blank check companies because they make no sense to me. They have great stories. Everybody loves the stories. I don't. Okay, I hope I didn't get too uh, excited about that. Okay, um, let's see, where am I? Uh, 2020 is well underway, everybody. There are going to be many changes here. I want to take a minute to make you aware of some of the benefits Justin Klein and I can offer at our office at KPP Financial. First, we're based in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County, California, between San Diego County and Los Angeles County. Uh, and thanks to technology, we can review your portfolio remotely anywhere just as easy as we were there. We can even talk to you. We can see you. We can do a face, you know, anything. You know, the, this technology is wonderful in many ways. Of course, it is also not so wonderful in some ways. Uh, you know, <laughs> that happens too. But, you know, one thing we do at KPP Financial is I buy and sell the same stocks for myself as do my clients. And that's kind of unusual. Not too many companies will do that. I'll buy the same stock, same price, same percentage with my money as I do with my clients' money in each one of our five programs. So, You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and for the investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. That's why I remind you now that you can call our 24-hour listener line. We'll help you. We'll answer your questions. We want to help you. You can add it to the voice bank, and we try to get to them as fast as we can. Justin and I will provide unbiased answers. We will. 888-99-CHART. Just wondering what your thoughts are on all the Robinhood trading and the, the Red Hat boards. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Now is a good time to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. are listening to invest talk every friday on the program and the podcast steve peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the kpp premium newsletter listen fridays to invest talk and now steve and justin welcome your calls and questions 888-99-CHART 
Okay, my focus, focus point today concerns this story. Household debt rises to $14.6 trillion. Now, is that a problem? I have been talking about debt for quite some time, and with my family, I, you know, I think I mentioned I have 39 nieces and nephews, and that's not even counting the grand nieces and nephews, which I'm losing count of. But I know them all well. We are a pretty tight family. Uh, and I keep talking, when I talk about debt, when they talk to me about that or ask me a question about debt, I said, well, there's good debt and there's bad debt. There's good debt and bad debt. What's bad debt? Credit card is a bad debt. Car is a bad debt. Anything that you borrow money for and buy an asset with or just spend, anything you do with an asset and buy an asset and it goes down or it's going to go down and you know it's going to go down or there's no asset at all, like in clothes, that's a bad debt. When you take, take debt and you buy an asset that will grow, that's good debt. And the main good debt we all are involved in is mortgages on our houses. Why is it good debt? Well, because you're buying property. Most properties go up in value over time. Some don't. But that asset, you can also leave and rent it out, and it can make money for you. And there's not a lot of asset that can that do the, that be so stable as to not lose value. A car, of course, you lose value as soon as you buy the car. It goes down. So we are 14.6 trillion household debt. That's a record-breaking rise in debt, but it's mostly mortgage. Mostly mortgage debt. We've been adding mortgage debt because it's so cheap, right? Ten trillion dollars worth of that 14.6 is mortgage debt. Now my big concern is you're taking money out of your house and go spend it on things that is not an asset, bad debt. So when you're thinking about borrowing money, ask yourself, is this good debt or bad debt? How much am I paying for bad debt that's just going to fritter away? And then I got to owe it, pay it, pay that back, pay that money back. Stay away from it. Stay away from it. I was lucky to learn this lesson early. My first car I bought, I borrowed $495 to buy the car. Now, mind you, it was a 15, 18-year-old VW bug, but I didn't have the money. But then I realized how much I had to make payments for $495, and I was going to end up paying like $600 and something dollars for this car. I'm thinking, that's such a ripoff. So I have never borrowed money to buy a car after that first one, ever. I saved up my money, and whatever I could afford is what I bought. And I still do that today. I don't, I, don't, I don't borrow money to buy cars because the asset is depreciating, and why am I making somebody else rich? I don't want to be the lender. I don't want to be the borrower. Be the lender. Make money. Anyways. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. You're listening to Invest Talk. I appreciate you being with me. I'm Steve Peasley. Investors need to remain vigilant, as we said before. So be vigilant out there, guys. Know what your money's doing. Stay away from bad debt. Now, as you know, callers invest their time leaving a question. And Justin and I promise to provide unbiased answers. So let's keep the pace moving. Let's go to the next caller, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve, this is Mike from Lake Charles, Louisiana. I had a question about day trading. If I buy a stock and it goes up, can I sell it that day? And if it dips the next day, can I buy it again and just keep 
buying and selling it? Thank you. I'll be listening for the answer. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. That's day trading, even though I don't, I think day trading is a bad idea. But you also have to think about taxes. Okay? Uh, when you day trade, unless you buy a stock, goes up, and you sell it, and you go buy it again tomorrow, and goes up, and you sell it, all those are short-term capital gains that you're going to have to pay taxes on. Okay? Um, so just remember what – just consider your tax situation when you're doing that. Now, you can write off short-term capital losses against short-term capital gains and long-term capital losses against long-term capital gains. So, you know, you have that, but you got you got to keep track of all that, by the way. You're, it's your responsibility to keep track. Kind of a pain, really. Retail sales this week were up, uh, as reported for January, 5.3%. And the month before, December, was down 1%. Also, inflation at the producer price level, producer price level, 1.3%, okay? Um, so uh, we're seeing inflation on the producer level, but it didn't show up in the consumer level yet. So what what produced that inflation? Mostly a rise in commodity prices. If you want to see inflation, look at oil prices. Look at gasoline prices. There's inflation. Don't tell me it's not here. We have it. Okay. Uh, oh, shoot. we got a minute left. And as we go to break here, everybody, we have a trivia question. Can you name one or more of the seven companies that have been listed on the on – the, have been the longest listed companies on the New York Stock Exchange? Can you name one or more of the seven longest listed companies on the New York Stock Exchange? Hint, two of the seven first listed during World War II. After break, I'll supply the answers, but for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage your investment questions. 888-99-CHART. And the issue here is that the prices just run away from the fundamentals. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for long term. You're the best person to ask it. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, 
InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations, you've found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed, Invest Talk. Okay, uh, before the break, I had a trivia question for you. Uh, can you name one or more of the seven companies that have been listed the longest? on the New York Stock Exchange, and I have to admit that I got none of them. None of them. I figured it would be an oil company, a railroad company, right? Nope. Uh, anyways, a little background. The New York Stock Exchange, the NYSE, has a total market capitalization of $16 trillion. There are approximately 2,400 companies currently listed. Throughout its 203-year history, 203 Many companies have gone public on the New York Stock Exchange, only to be ultimately delisted due to bankruptcy. So here are the seven companies that have been around the longest. The Bank of New York Mellon, number one. It is the 20th oldest bank in the world. Its predecessor, the Bank of New York, was the first company to be publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange in 1792. Con Edison... Energy Company, 1823. Procter & Gamble, Consumer Goods Company, 1837. IBM, of course, the technology company, 1911. That's how old it is. Isn't that interesting? Founded in 1911, but it was listed on the Exchange uh, five years later, 1916. Coca-Cola, 1886. Listed on the exchange in 1920. So it's an old company, but it wasn't listed for 40 years or so, 30-something years. Pfizer, 
a ph- the pharmaceutical company, founded in 1849, listed in 1943, almost 99 years after it started. And the seventh oldest is Johnson Johnson, J&J, a multinational medical device pharmaceutical consumer goods company. Uh, was found in 1886, listed in 1944. Uh, so, just goes to show you that, you know, companies come and go, they get bought up by other companies, they're not always the same, they're not. Anyways, 888-99-CHART, here we go, I will pivot right to one of my voice make, the voice bank questions, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin and Steve. This is Bob from Michigan. Uh, love the show. Just have a really quick question. Uh, I've held BGS, which is B&G Foods, for uh, some time now, and it finally popped today significantly, just north of 30%. And I went ahead and took half of my position off the table. Just wondering what your thoughts are, if there's still room to grow, or if you guys think this will go back down to about $30 a share in the near future. If you would, just give me a response on the show, and I uh, really appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to back to $30 because it's $30.89. It popped up, what, a couple of weeks ago? I guess his caller is a little old. Let's take a quick look at that pop-up. Uh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, that was like uh, the middle of January. Went up to $47.84. Now it's back down to 30 This is a good lesson. You know, when stocks pop like that, they generally give back some of the some of the pop. Almost all the time they give it back. So if you're a trader and you have a stock in your hands that does that, that's the time you sell. You sell that pop. Okay, if you're if you're an investor, you just hold on to it. Now, does B&G have more room to go at $30? That means the PE is down to about 14 now. And that's about right in the middle of its range. And it's still growing quite fast. So, and it pays a very nice dividend, 6.2%. So I'd, I'd hold on to it. I'd hold on to it. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's cheap necessarily, but it's neither expensive either. So, you know, the time that it, it's going to make $2.38 uh, this coming year, $2.35 this year. In 2016, it made $2.06. And the stock was $52. It's got a high of $52. Next year, $2.11. That's 2017. The high was 47 So it has it can easily go back up into the low 40s. Easy. Okay? Okay, next up, we have a live caller, uh, Glazer, Santa Cruz. He wants to talk about trading. Glazer. Yeah, hi. Uh, this is Griffin calling from Santa Cruz. Um, I just had a question about... Uh, Growth stocks versus value stocks. Okay. Yeah, so pretty much my question is, are they mutually exclusive? Is it No, that's or... a very good question. No, I had a lesson on this at, uh, okay. in our... So for a uh, stock to have growth but also be value? Yes, it can. It can. You know who was a growth stock for a long, uh, a growth stock for a long, long, long time and also a value stock was Apple. Apple Computer didn't do anything as it was growing for several years, meaning the stock price didn't move. And the P got below 15 on a growth stock, and it was growing more than 15, 20% a year. So, yeah, you can have a growth stock that becomes a very good value. Okay? 
But generally, the definition of a value stock is there's not much growth. Value stock is it's cheap compared to its fundamentals. Generally, they, spend, they pay a dividend. Now, growth stock usually never pays a dividend and usually expensive compared to its dividend, to its fundamentals. So the fundamentals are the sales are growing very, very fast. Okay? The sales on a growth stock are growing very, very fast. The sales on a value stock are growing very, very slow, if at all. But you still can have, you know, a cheap growth stock that is a value. And I like the combination of value stock with some growth because I, that growth really is helpful for a down-the-road stock appreciation, stock price appreciation. Very good question. Thank you for calling. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, let's see, what else? 888-99-CHART. Let's talk about, uh, quickly, if we can, uh, housing starts. That were reported yesterday? I think it was yesterday. I don't know. Maybe this morning. I, don't I, I look at the, uh, all the statistics every day as they get a little fussy. Uh, housing starts. We're up 1.58 million. The month before is 1.67 million. Now, that's an annual rate. So the housing starts actually fell. But permits, and that's, of course, permits to build future construction, right, was 1.88 million. And the month before, it was 1.7 million. Permits are your leading economic indicator where starts are not. Okay, existing home sales comes out tomorrow. Okay, so we'll know more about the existing home sales. I think they're expecting uh, about uh, 6.6, I think, and the month before was 6.7 million. And one of the things that slowed it down maybe a little bit is, well, at least recently, I'm talking the last couple weeks, interest rates, mortgage rates are starting to creep up. So that might have a fact. If mortgage rates keep going up, it will affect the housing start. So I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because, you know, the housing market has been one of the strongest legs of our economy in the last year during this COVID thing. And, you know, and it's a big, important part of our economy. But now we have COVID going to be disappearing with the vaccine. It does, the housing doesn't have to hold up our economy all by itself. Other things will start kicking in place. So that's a good thing. Really is a good thing. Okay, we got another caller live on our live line. Justin in Mantica. How you doing, Justin? Mantica. Yeah, hi, Steve. Um, I was wondering uh, if you could just give me a crash course on uh, the wash sale. Um, yes. In taxes. I'm, I've been trying to... Uh, start working on my taxes and my tax situation is more complicated this year because my investing uh, has kicked up and I just thought I came across that and I wanted to know if you could tell me what it was. Okay, be happy to. The wash sell. That's what he's, that's the term, wash sell. So let's say you buy a stock. The stock goes up. Okay, and you've had it for six months. You're really happy about it and you sell it and you got a profit. Okay, you cannot buy that stock back the very next day. You got to wait 30 days before you can buy it back. Now, you can buy it back within the 30 days, but there's a tax treatment in there called the wash sale. The most common way this is impacted, 
the most common is that you may want to take a capital loss. Let's say you buy the same stock and in six months it goes down. But you still want to own the stock, but you want to realize that capital loss before the end of the year so you can apply it to capital gains. So you sell it and you buy it right back the next day. The wash rule says, well, you didn't really sell it because you got to wait 30 days before that. The IRS doesn't want you to take advantage of of a capital loss like that, okay? So the SEC has a rule saying, you can't take a capital loss and buy the same stock back within 30 days. If you do, it's like you never sold the stock in the first place to get the capital loss. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so that's the wash rule. It washes away your loss, okay? Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Capital uh, wash rule, everybody. You know, there's not a lot of these kinds of rules in the stock market, but there are. Okay. Uh, Short-term capital gains versus long-term capital gains or losses. You got to keep things less than a year or more than a year to become long-term, less than a year to be short-term. What does that mean as far as taxes? Well, if it's short-term, it's your tax. If you have profits, stock profits, you're taxed at the ordinary income rate. If it's long-term, it's at the capital gains tax rate. So these are the kinds of things you got to think about a little bit here. I'm Steve Peasley. You're listening to Invest Talk. As you might assume, the greatest number of our listeners are here in the United States, but we got tons of people all over the place. And we're talking about, we get now about 70,000 downloads total per month. And I think it was, no, we get way more than that. What is that? What is our number? Anyways, for example, in April, InvestDoc listeners on Australia gave us more than 70,000 downloads. So that's just Australia. Yeah, we're close to a million a month. Million. 70,000 in Australia, I think that's quite a bit. Yeah, I read that wrong. So, yeah. Huh. Justin, I want to thank you for that. We want to thank everybody in Australia and everybody else in the world for downloading our podcast and listening. You, too, can ask questions, you know. You can send us a question. Be happy to do it. So don't hesitate. You're always welcome. You know, you can call our KPP offices, call the radio show, send me an email, send just an email. We will answer you. Call 888-99-CHART. There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast, the February Rapid Fire Hour. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the Invest Talk Call Center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. The first segment of the Rapid Fire Hour is hosted by Justin Klein, and Steve Peasley handles the second half. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. 888 chart Let's talk to John in San Jose. How you doing, John? Hi, uh, I talk a little funny, just left the dentist. I was calling about Marathon Oil, M-R-O. 
it's been going the last few days, and I wanted to know if you uh, thought it was going to keep going, or is it running out of just? Okay. Okay, sorry that you had to go to the dentist. I hate going to the dentist. Hate it, hate it, hate it. You know why? Because when I was young, uh, we, we were kind of on the poor side, and my mom never paid for Novocaine. So every time I had cavities, and I had lots of them, no Novocaine you know, to fill the cavities. Anyways, Marathon Oil, M-R-O, engaged in oil and gas exploration. Did you see that Warren Buffett added a new position recently of Chevron? Now, that was interesting. And uh, Marathon Oil, uh, they're going to make a do- they lost a dollar twenty-five in 2020, and they're going to lose twenty-three cents this year. I-, I think there's a better oil companies than Marathon, even though they're pretty big, seven billion dollar company. Their sales have been shrinking. I mean, the most recent quarters, the sales shrank forty-four percent. Before that, eighty-one percent. Now we know COVID. You know, everybody had sinking, sinking shit, sinking share uh, sales. We know that, but man, that's pretty difficult. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I just think there's better oil companies out there. Nothing wrong with Marathon Oil. Uh, they pay, do they pay a dividend? Let's take a quick look on that dividend. Only 1.3. See, I'd rather see you buy a much bigger dividend paying stock like, you know, Warren Buffett bought that dividend for Chevron. I'm not telling you to go buy Chevron. I'm not recommending it because I'm not supposed to. The SEC is going to get it on me. But they pay a 5.4% dividend. Much rather see you buy that. On the next invest talk, a new rule for 401. What? 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 Oh. Okay. On the next invest talk, a new rule on 401k rollover will take effect under Biden. I don't know. What's the new rule out there? Look that up. The Labor Department regulation strengthens consumer protection on trillions of dollars in retirement accounts. Okay, well, I'll we'll deal with that. That's tomorrow. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live, 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is all about above-average investing for the average investor. And the question is, during a market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady? Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for long term. My question has to do with insuring residential rental properties. Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. What's your question? You're the best person to ask it. 888-99-CHART. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART. We're going to talk to Daniel in Palo Alto. Daniel. Hi, Steve. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I just had a quick question about Pelletier, uh, stock symbol PLTR. I've owned it and sold it and was thinking about getting back in. It had a bit of a drop, and I noticed that some uh, there was some buying in the ARC funds of the, the stock. I uh-huh. just wonder what you thought about it going forward. Okay, this is a fairly new company. It was just recently IPO'd uh, back, what, September 2020? No, November, something like that. Um, November, I believe. Yes, sir. Um, did 
develop software for institutions to protect individual privacy and prevent the misuse of information. Sounds like a good area to be in. It's a $44 billion company, but only doing $322 million a quarter. So it's from a price to sales ratio, it's very expensive. It's going to make money for the first time this year, 15 cents a share. Next year, 20 cents a share. It's a $25 stock. But it's growing sales. This is a growth company, 40 to 50% per quarter. That's why it's so expensive. See, so every time, this is a growth stock. Remember, we talked earlier just this hour about growth versus value. This would be a category as a growth stock. So as long as it can keep up that growth, it deserves a much higher P.E. ratio. Now, technically speaking, it should find support right around $23, $24 a share. It's at $25 now. So it should start finding support, but it's still falling. So I think you need to wait for it to stop falling. It would be much safer to wait till it starts trading sideways, then pick it up. Have you ever heard the term, don't pick up, fall, pick up a falling knife? You'll get cut. Sure so just let it calm down. I did the same thing with another stock myself. It was falling, falling, falling. Then it went sideways for a couple of weeks, then started back up, and then I picked it up. Okay, so that's what you want to do. Just wait, just be patient. Don't worry. Don't get excited. Just make sure you remember to keep an eye on it. Okay? Daniel, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Okay. Uh, could Bitcoin go to $100,000 per coin or to zero? Or anywhere in between? I have been talking about Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, and I've said repeatedly, cryptocurrency is here to stay. The very first time I heard of cryptocurrency, I said, hey, I'm probably going to hang around. But no one knows what they're worth. We have no way of knowing or evaluating Bitcoin. Well, how do you evaluate a U.S. dollar versus a Japanese yen? The only way you know to evaluate them is against each other. And based on the supporting supporting economic strength of the country who's issuing the currency, so what's the economic strength of the company, country er, issuing Bitcoin? There is none. It's cryptocurrency. It's an ether in the ether. That's why we don't know how to evaluate it. We can't figure out. So that's why it could go from zero to $100,000. I mean, I don't know what Bitcoin is worth in U.S. dollars. I have no way to value it. So the only way you can try to, you know, if you're going to like try to invest in it, you're going to have to use technical analysis, and that's pretty fallible. Okay, reading charts. Reading charts is not a science. Remember, reading charts is an art, and they just tend to be true. Why do they tend to be true? Because human nature tends to repeat itself. But just remember that. Okay, using technical analysis, Apple has now fallen in. Apple computers have fallen into a downtrend. It's broken its you know, 50, uh, upward trend. Now it's down. Broken the 50-day moving average. So, should you worry about that? That's why you look at the fundamentals. Well, how much money is Apple making? And is the earnings continuing to grow? And, you know, is it worth the price, earnings per share. See, this is how you evaluate based on fundamentals. You can't do that with Bitcoin. 
but you can do it with a stock that has sales and earnings. Okay? I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program, everybody. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening and encourage you to tell your friends and family and any strangers you come across about our podcast. <laughs> but don't make them mad. We post a new program each weekday shortly after the end of our live streaming podcast, which concludes at 5 p.m. Pacific time. To get your free download anytime you want at Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, InvestTalk.com, InvestTalk.com with two T's. So, and we would like you to review and rate us if you would. Independent thinking, share success. This is InvestTalk, everybody. Have a great night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.